Hi, and welcome to Brain Injury Advice, where we provide help and advice for people after a brain injury. My name's Brooke, and I've lived with a traumatic brain injury since 2007. Hi, I'm Ashwani, and I'm a trustee at Headway Warrington. I'm also a senior associate solicitor focusing on catastrophic injury, including brain injury. So in this episode, we're going to be looking more at the issue of coming to terms um, with the brain injury and the impact of a brain injury. Um, And I think certainly from my experience of um, working with a number of people with brain injury, it's a very important step in someone's recovery um, to gain that insight because without it, it's very difficult for that person to understand how their brain injury has impacted them um, and the way that you know they function, their personality, etc. And also to then go on to accept um, support and really make progress with their recovery. Um, and I wonder, Brooke, how did you find that process? I mean, did you did it take you some time to come to terms with what happened to you? I don't know if I've accepted it yet. I've um I'm certainly I'm definitely well on my way to accepting it, but sometimes I don't know if I've fully accepted it. But it's one of those things that like initially you um you're in hospital and th- things kind of going okay and then um I mean you, you can you can exist in that space f- you know f- for quite a long time and during the early days you don't really realize what's what's wrong with you and um I think a first sign when when your brain starts to work is um, you'll start to look into what's happened to you and find out what the the implication that that's going to have on the rest of your life. And with that comes like a, a massive, um, massive wave of depression. And that's something that doctors will look out for is people getting depressed. And um, yes, we talked about in a in an earlier episode about the fake environment that you're in when you're in hospital and people are putting those structures in place for you. So you think you're doing really well and you are doing really well. It's not that you're not at all, but um it's a very different kind of environment. And then I suppose, you know, when when you're discharged out of hospital, that's when all of a sudden that shock can come into place that actually things are harder than I thought they would be. I thought I was doing really, really well, and now I'm really struggling. One thing that you don't realise is that everything in hospital is planned and structured, but Mm. that's done for you. And you might have, like... You might have like you no. Know, it's like like being at school again. You get you get a timetable, but you might have like I don't know physiotherapy, and then you'll have you'll, later on you'll have psychology and you'll have occupational therapy. Um, you have all these things, but what you realise is all you've all you've done all these things, they're all spaced apart. Like I used to have physiotherapy, anything. Um, Physiotherapy is tended to be in an afternoon or something like quite cognitively demanding like psychology would be um you do that first thing mm. and um you just you you don't realize that all your life um has has been like it's been on a timetable and it's been pre planned like for instance you schooling you know you had a school timetable didn't you but even you, know, you never thought about it. you just turned up in the morning but everything was all your lessons were pre planned but when you when you get sent home, and you might be looking forward to going home like mad, but you, you get home, and then very quickly you realise that a day is a long time to fill, mm. and if before you've got like rehab in place, it's um, 
I tended to really suffer because I never had any never never had any thoughts about planning the day, doing you know what to do first, what to do. Um, you know, I should do I should do anything cognitive in the morning. I should do the physical things in the afternoon. Um, I shouldn't rest too late. I just it was just kind of uh, I used to go to bed just randomly in the day, and then I would go to bed randomly at night. You know, late at night. Um, and that would impact on my sleeping at night. I wouldn't be able to sleep, and then it would just carry on to the next day. So I, with that, I was just like something that I suffered with was was fatigue, and it just gave me um, massive depression because I just thought, you know, there was there was no. I was doing so well in hospital, but like obviously, yeah, hospital's not not a real environment. It's not no. a real. Um, not not a real scenario and you don't realize that um all that planning that was gone into your hospital stay you have to then do that for yourself when you're getting out into the real world yeah yeah and also I guess I hate to use the word normal but in the normal scheme of things um let's say you have a physical injury you break your leg um you go to hospital um, you, you have maybe an operation um, and some physio, et cetera, and then you're discharged and, you know, you know that it'll take a certain amount of time for that leg to recover, but it, as long as, you know, you, you carry on mobilising it, doing your physio, it, it will recover, it'll get better. Um, and I think certainly when people talk about brain injuries, quite often we talk about a two, three-year recovery period um for the most gains in recovery but that can be quite misleading can't it yeah there's anything like a, a break in a bone there's a lot of, there's a lot of knowledge about most injuries about um how long they take to recover from and you know when you'll get the strength back and what you know what you've got to do to get that strength back but the brain's like not it's not fully understood yet and it's there's quite a way off um being fully understood and that's one thing that got me, yeah. It was, you hear a lot that you've got like a brain injury takes three years to recover and um, then after that, it's the strategies and the, the techniques that you put in place to to cover for the, the functions that you've lost. I used to cling on to that really much, you know, really, really badly was I thought after three years, I'll be, I'll be well. I remember it, honestly, I remember it right up until the last day and um when i wasn't when i wasn't ready the next day what what happened to me was i fell in because i fell into quite a big depression because i just i was just pinning my hopes on that mm. that three-year cutoff point yeah i think for the benefit of our listeners as well it would just help to explain that the the sort of the initial two to three years and you know there's a bit of a range of opinion on that but that's really um in relation to when the brain makes the most recovery following a traumatic brain injury um but after that period you, the recovery tends to what we call plateau so the rate of recovery slows down but it's not to say that um that's it you know your brain can continue to make um a recovery and i'm sure you feel that you are still recovering in many ways what i would say to anyone was you've got to use your brain um the the only times that i've ever gone i've ever like plateaued or gone backwards is when i've stopped um I'm trying to avoid the word believe, but <laughs> I stop believing in myself. You definitely have to challenge yourself. I, the way I did it is by pushing myself out of my comfort zone. Mm. Um, I started doing something that I've never, ever um, 
done in my life before and that was public speaking and it was just I did it the first one I did was for a, like a local headway group in Scarborough shout out to the Yorkshire Coast headway <laughs> <laughs> headway group but um it just started off me telling my story and I just got like quite a buzz out of it I just think um it's something that I then started doing um I started going my auntie worked for the local council and I got into like speaking about road safety with the local authorities. I know certainly from supporting a number of people with um, brain injury, um, particularly after um, an accident, is that there is that impatience quite often to try and get back to what was before, get back to work in particular, get back to life um, as it was. And it can be very difficult uh, for for those individuals, and certainly I've seen it over the number of um, years that I've been working with them, that, you know, it's, it's coming to terms with almost the new you um, and coming to terms with um, how your brain injury can... Um, has affected your ability to do certain things. And it's not to say that you can't do them, but you might not be able to do them in the same way or as well as before. And it's it's about finding ways to, to compensate for that and um, strategies around it. Um, but that can be quite challenging in itself because it can really speak to your sense of identity, your sense of self. Um, and that must be very difficult to, to come to terms with. I was often told that I could do anything I wanted to do. Um, I suppose that was a way by my occupational therapist of telling me, you know, trying to give me more self-confidence. And what I've come to learn is that you can't do anything you wanted to do anymore, but you'll be surprised at what you can do. you just got to do it in a different way. Hmm. Like, for instance, I was massively affected by fatigue and in ways 15 years on I still am. And I found that what I need to do is like, it's like drip feeding. Um, I do little things at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I've done a lot of blog writing and stuff. What I can't do is I can't write a full blog in one go. Mm-hmm. Like I can't sit and write down, sit for a few hours and just write one in one go. But what if I do it in like half an hour increments um, or, you know, then break for a cup of tea, um, you know, a cup of coffee, whatever. Um and do it in little bits like that. I, c- I can, I can produce some quite good stuff. But um, yeah. nothing's, nothing good is going to come when you're, when you're fatigued. So if you, st- if you, f- if you start to feel yourself getting fatigued, I think you, you know there's a time to stop. Yeah, but I think you know coming back to the issue of coming to terms with brain injury, you've set out there your strategy of how you deal with it. But before you can even set that strategy out. Um, the the bigger issue is actually accepting that the way you can do something like sit down and write a piece has changed because of your brain injury and because of the yeah. effect of that. Um, and and it is it's incredibly difficult, I'm sure, to to come to terms with. That's the that's one of the ways in which I've not really accepted it is that yeah. I still think I can do more than I can, mm. but. Um, I'll still sit down with the with the full intention of sitting down for writing for like three or four hours and I just, you get about half an hour into it and then you just drift off. Yeah, I mean, thinking about some of the people I've supported as well, I often think it's quite a fine balance um, and often brings up very um, interesting ethical questions as well. Um, you know, thinking about people who are really keen to get back to work but perhaps 
can't go back to work straight away because of their injuries because ultimately if we sent them back to work we could be setting them up to fail and that could then plunge them into greater depression um, rather than you know trying to instead put together strategies grade it work with the employers um, you know so that we can make um, that return to work as meaningful as possible but you know there does need to be that acceptance that help is required to to get there there's a thing with employers as well. For instance, I was uh, I worked at a bar mm. immediately before my injury, and I just wanted to, I wanted to get back to doing. I didn't like sitting at home, and I wanted to get back to doing something. And I just went out to helping out in the stock room, moving boxes of beer and stuff about. But um, my boss was like, you know, he he just thought I was he used to get a little bit tired, and he just thought, um, you know, it's it's a few weeks, and I'll be back. Mm. Yeah, once I get my once I get my um, stamina back up, and that was like nearly thirteen years ago now. So it's um, people need to, especially with uh, people returning to work, they do need to be more knowledgeable about it because people might employers might just think you know they get get a little bit tired and you know therefore need maybe more rests, but it's it's not really about that. It's, there is so much more to traumatic brain injury than that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some people are lucky to have sympathetic employers who are willing to accommodate and find alternative roles or just, you know, change the role um, for that individual. But, you know, we also know that that's not always possible. No, um, for no, so a lot many of people reasons. are, yeah. Yeah. I suppose another thing to, to bear in mind is the importance of celebrating improvements, celebrating um steps in recovery it doesn't have to always be about the big wins um even just you know something that you could do today that you couldn't do a few days ago could be really key um did you go through any of that um in your recovery did you keep a log of what you were doing or did anyone else kind of point that out to you I suppose I've been quite hard on myself my psychologist always told me that on um I always refuse to give myself praise, but uh, yeah, I think rather than, as opposed to celebrating, just acknowledgement, acceptance. Um, mm. The thing is, uh, when you when you're recovering, some of you some of the pro some of the progress will be so slow because you can you see yourself every day, so you don't notice the difference between one day to the next. And it's not so when you see somebody that you haven't seen for let's say six months or a year even. That they will they will notice how much better you were than, yeah. than they were before. Yeah, you're you're right. You don't see it yourself, but someone else might notice that you know you've managed to get through a whole conversation, for example, or you know you've you've managed to sit down and watch a film, or you know just yeah, you don't notice that you can't get through a full conversation <laughs> yeah. because you're yourself, so you don't notice. I suppose um, thinking back to this um, idea of a fake environment in hospital, I'm sure when when you were in hospital and you were making those those baby steps of recovery, that um, you'd get a lot of praise from the nursing staff um, and the clinicians around you. Um, but once you were discharged home, then presumably that went. When you get home, um, when you're discharged from hospital, something that you've been looking for so so long. Um, one thing that you used to get when you're in hospital was encouragement. You'd be encouraged um, on on every on every step of your recovery. But like obviously, when you get home, that stops. And obviously, when you leave hospital, that's when your recovery really starts. To be honest, mm. and um, 
because you're no longer in that fake environment. You have to kind of fend for yourself. So that's probably when you need that encouragement the most. It is, yeah, yeah, and there's nobody there to give you it. I suppose it's um, perhaps a, a, a helpful um, tip that we could give to anyone supporting someone with a brain injuries to make sure that those milestones are celebrated, that encouragement is given at every turn. Yeah. It's not just about the big things. But they can, they can when when they're when you're out there in the wild on your own, you can easily forget yeah. that you're making progress. Mm, yeah. And it's important as well to fo- try and maintain a focus on the positives, which I know is easier said than done, um, but it really can help to to go forwards. Um, I remember a while ago, a good few years ago, having a discussion with a case manager and it was always interesting to me because from a litigation point of view, we always look at what somebody can't do to formulate the case. Um, But as a case manager, she was telling me that actually I'm more interested in what someone can do Um, and because my job is to to maximise that as much as possible and and really help them to, to celebrate those wins. Um, and I think it's important that, you know, we do take time to to focus on the positives. And I told you about people being very prone to depression. If you if you focus on, on what they can't do all the time, that's going to sit them over the edge. Isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So I suppose in terms of um, help and advice we can give to our listeners who might be um, coming to terms with their own brain injuries or um, family and friends who are supporting someone through brain injury, um, acceptance is huge. That's probably the first step. Um, but, you know, it's okay also if if you don't fully accept it and you yourself have said you're not sure if you've really come to terms with it no that's okay but it's important to accept that you have to accept there's something wrong with you and you know that it's not going to be an overnight fix Mm, there's no magic pill um despite what the internet (laughs) might try and sell you um and i guess you know accept this uh, that something's wrong or that the there is a need for for help and support um and to find ways of coping, accepting that help and support. Um, but don't rush through things either. Um, you know, y- your brain has just suffered a huge um, insult and it needs its time to recover. Um, it's okay to take things slowly. It's okay to just, you know, go at a, at a slower pace if that helps you to... And that is going to help you as well if you take things slowly. Yeah. It talks about that drip feeding thing. You can only handle so much information at, at any one time. So if you give yourself small amounts to deal with, then you can deal with them a lot better than you can a lot of big amount. Mm. And finally, as we said before, it's important for family and friends to, um, to encourage... Um, someone who's um, coming to terms with brain injury, who's recovering from a brain injury, um, help them notice the improvements that they're making um, so that they can accept those changes um, and and remind them that it's, you know, the importance of being patient, that it's okay, that it's not all magically fixed straight away, that it's not an overnight um, uh, recovery. Join us for the next episode when we'll be discussing socialising after brain injury. Make sure you check out the footnotes for more help, advice and resources.